Hello, welcome to From the Rooker End. Uh, my name is John, with me uh, today is Mike. Hi. Uh, and Geordie. Hello. We're lifelong Watford fans, season ticket holders in the Rooker End. Uh, and these podcasts, as they always are, are our take on life's Watford fan. We haven't done one of these. Uh, for a long time, well, actually, it's only been a week. But uh, we're, you know, we're going to go into these podcasts uh, and see how often we can can get them out to you. Um, they might be weekly, they might not be. Um, Mike, where are we? We're pushing new boundaries <coughs> as ever. We're currently overlooking all six lanes of the uh, M. What is it? The M1? It's the M1. Yeah. Yeah, we're in the services because we weren't allowed to podcast from the city ground. There was an over-officious steward took John <laughs> from behind a bolted door and uh, threatened to. Um, uh, destroy the microphone. So well, we're going to confiscate it for the for the for the length yeah. of the game. Terrible business. So yeah, basically we haven't been allowed to uh, to to podcast from from Nottingham. So we're yeah we're in the services. We've just demolished a celebratory Burger King. We should not be moved. We should not be defeated. On to the fifth round and on with the podcast. Yeah, it was the fourth round of the FA Cup. Jordan against um, Nottingham Forest, and uh, it was uh, well. Let's let's go through the game, shall we say? Uh, overall verdict on the game. Well, a win and a cup. Again, so no hiccups, no no problem. We're through to the next round, so successful day out. We'll be at a very cold day out. Yeah. Did you do you? Was it uh, in, in, important that we got the win today? I think it was because um, we had a little bit of a stumble earlier in the, in the in the month, and obviously beating Newcastle put an end to that. What we didn't want to do is fall back into that trap, or uh, for some of the fringe players to come in and, and not succeed. So for, for us to play against a team who were really our peers this time last year and beat them with what isn't our first team, uh, having been on a 13-game unbeaten run themselves, obviously is, is a very important and, 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 and yeah, a great achievement. Um, the singing you may have heard in the background was from a bunch of Watford fans, because there's clearly a, a bunch of Watford fans having their Burger Kings and stuff. Um, but they're singing for Troy Deeney because uh, he's just come in. From mineral water, yeah, he just uh, waved his uh, healthy drink at them as he walked out. But yeah, it's good to see Troy. Uh, yeah, posing for selfies, and you know he's, we know how good he is with with Watford supporters. Um, bit of a shame that the uh, supporters couldn't keep a lid on it by yeah. <laughs> drawing attention to it by singing. But the uh, the over exuberance of youth there. But yeah, talking about today's game. Yeah, we had a a, a tweet from Stuart Grant Salmon. He said, "I liked how we were the annoying Premier League club who don't play great, don't threaten to score too often, yet got away with the win." And I think that kind of summed it up a little bit. I think a lot of um, uh, the negativity about today's game has to be put at Forest door because the way they, they set up, they, they didn't really look too in, interested in winning the game. Um, I think it was all they could do to, to keep us at arm's length. But yeah, we turned up as the Premier League. From, from a home perspective, it would have been really annoying to watch. We turned up, nicked the goal, disappear back off down the M1. Um, they'll think that they'll feel hard done by. We will feel, I think, that we did enough without really getting out of third third gear, really. So positive. Dillard really, really pleased to be in the fifth round. It just feels like cup runs are so um, few and far between for, for Watford in our sort of generation, certainly in the last sort of 10, 15 years or so. OK, we've had a couple of semi-final appearances, so sounding greedy, but in between those, it's been really barren, real early exits. And my first ever Watford game was an FA Cup game, so I've got an affinity with the cup. I think most people have once they get into it. It's always an exciting day, cup day, and it's better to be in it than not. So delighted to be in the next round. Great win away at Forest. Like you're saying, tough place to go. So to go and deliver there, another goal for Riggy. Confidence we can keep rolling on, and we got to look at some new players, which was great as well. Yeah, and I suppose that's the thing. It was it was a it wasn't what you would call the first choice team, um, but you wouldn't call it a B team, and you wouldn't call it um, a reserve team either. I don't know what you call it. You call it A point five. We'll move on. Um, it was um, a different Watford team. So let's go through some of those changes. First one, goalie. Uh, Pantilimonga's first uh, game seemed pretty good. Dealt with what he got. 
Um, can I add anything, you want to add anything to that, Jordi? No, I mean, Pantillamon knows arguably the top flight better than any other player in the Watford squad. Um, and you know, certainly knows the FA Cup or Cup competitions better than any player in the Watford squad because that's pretty much all he featured in when he was at City and, um, and kind of at Sunderland he didn't it kind of lost first team place. But uh, you wouldn't expect anything but that. He's not a young guy who's going to be scared or overawed. Another day at the office for him, different, different team. But fairly accomplished, uh, you know, could kick in, apart from one that he sliced, but, you know, didn't go over his foot and in the goal. Uh, and I think I think uh, Forrest had a chance in the first half, right at the end, where the guy had a, a, almost a one-on-one -on -one and he put it wide, which, you know, you have to give the keeper credit for, for, for that. So, so yeah, I think a, a decent start. I think Gomez is still the first choice, but well done to Pantillamon. The answer is, when you saw Pantillamon in goal, there wasn't, you weren't worried at all. No, no, no. And whereas if we'd have seen Arlauskas in there, I think, well, Forrest are going to be in with a, they'll get a chance because there'll probably be a mistake, whether that's fair or not. But that's that's how we probably feel as, as supporters. So I think someone like Pantillamon, he's big, he's dominating, he's experienced, and I think he did well today, yeah. Uh, let's move forward a little bit. Um, let's go to the, the defence. Uh, major change in defence would have been one very tall, um, Seb Prudel. Yep. And he came in, and again, this is the beauty of this Watford squad. That certainly the defensive unit, they almost feel interchangeable now. And it's this is another great thing about the cup run is people like Prudel can come in and get that get that um, competitive action. So if Craig Cathcart or or Brissos have to miss out for whatever reason, he's going to come in international standard footballer. And he looked he looked great again today. I think one of the interesting things about the game with Forest today was the amount of tussling there was in the penalty area. And because he's so big going forward, he's obviously a threat. And the and the Forest defenders were seemingly all over him. So I wonder if if perhaps that that gave um, Flores um, a bit of um, food for thought going forward that an attacking threat we're all like Cathcart scored the other week he, he finished one off nicely but does um, Prodel offer a little bit more of an attacking threat in, in the opposition box just uh, something worth thinking about but I think he played well again today and he's, he's great with Cathcart solid at wide uh, Akichi Anya got to start for the first time for a while I think I can't think of the last time he actually started yeah I mean uh, Akechi's not really uh, someone we're seeing for the first time or even you know trying to see what he can offer we know what he offers He's very fast, he works hard, he's, he's selfless, keeps it tidy. There's always that kind of um, frustration when he gets it that you go, go on, skin him. And then and, but he does a sensible thing and kind of keeps possession and passes it inside or to Guadura or Watson or whatever. Where you kind of, always, as a fan, you'd like to see him, you know, you know we can skin 90% of the fullbacks and you'd like to see him do it, even if there's not going to be a great cross at the end of it every time. <clears throat> but yeah, it catches you. I mean, there's nothing, there's, well done, you know, uh, competent, tick, you know, seven out of ten as usual, guaranteed what you're going to get out of him. So we did have almost a semi-controversial conversation in the car, didn't we, about whether his time was almost like up at Watford because he's not going to get. You, you know, you talked about him there, go on and catch his skin him, and he's always got the feel of a player that can do it, but he's never really done that in a in a yellow shirt. He's done it on occasion for Scotland, but he hasn't really delivered that extra sort of percent that we think he's got in him somewhere and you see it a lot with wingers I suppose who they're quick low centre of gravity they look the part and actually delivering is harder than, than looking good at it so yeah and it got me thinking yeah how much longer can Ikechi sort of stay in this team if he's not, not delivering I think he's so versatile I say not delivering that's, that's unfair but from a go, I think we should get more out of him going forward um, but I think his versatility will keep him in this in this squad for for a while to come because he can play defensively. He provides that outlet, and again, like you said, Jordy, he never lets you down. You um, know what you're going to get. The, the other two ch changes, let's say, from what I call a normal 
starting eleven was uh, one up front was Nordin Amrabat, uh, not for his debut necessarily, but his first start, and also Guardiola in the centre midfield. Should we start? Let's start with let's start uh, let's start with Guardiola. Jordi, he is come back to Watford, signed on the last day of the transfer window in August. He has uh, had, you know, come off the massive high and the big contributions at the end of last season, but hasn't really featured at all since then. He's been, you know, Watson and Capu, uh, Gerardo and Brahmi, who are sort of away ahead of him in, in those, any of those roles in the midfield. Do you look a bit rusty? I don't know if rusty is the word. I mean, I'd, I'd add Abdi to that list of players who are ahead of him as well. So, he, And I think he, he probably knew that when he came. Uh, and he realised he probably wasn't going to get much match time at Palace, but at least at Watford, when he did get match time, he's going to be loved, and he's going to. He, he felt, I guess, it was a continuation of a project that he'd been part of, and felt like he'd contributed to. Whereas maybe at Palace, he would just been another player, another face who Pardew would have shipped out when he could. So I think, it, I don't think he looked rusty. I think he he looked quite actually quite eager today to um, to say to Nottingham Forest, remember me. It was, it was a difficult game uh, for him to play, I guess, because everything went through him and with Forrest parking the bus, which they did to, to, to a degree, he's always going to be quite clogged up. So, uh, I know he had a few shots, he seemed, he seemed, to, he seemed eager, but I don't think he's going to replace Kapu um, either as a long-term or a short-term option. I think but the problem I've got with um, uh, Guardiola is he's neither one thing or the other. I think if you want him in, in as a defensive midfielder, then we've got better people that can do that and he's not really a legwork kind of player and if if you're looking for creativity he, does he does he give enough of that you know we've got people like Gerardo who've come in who can do a better job and Abdi who can play a, a, a more sensible ball more you know more trustworthy if you like so it's for me it's just how he fits in and I've got this just nagging doubt about him that if he's that good why is he at Watford? Why did he come back to Watford? No one picked him up in the transfer window. We got him on the last day of the season. And I think there is something in Geordie's um, comment about him finishing off the project that he's involved in. And there is a lot of goodwill towards him. But how long that can actually last, I'm not sure. I know he's, a lot of people are very, very fond of him. And I, I can see why he's, you know, those killer passes from time to time look great. But how often are we going to get those? You know, everyone remembers the, the pass against Derby. Um, and there will undoubtedly be a couple of decent shots and efforts and, and probably goals along the way. But I just worry about where he fits in if you had to sort of... But, but let's go back to um, Anya. Jordi called him a always 7 out of 10. Yeah, I don't think Guardiola is an always 7 out of 10 because I don't think, I don't think he slots in so comfortably. Anya can... He, he just works so hard and he knows what his job is. Whereas Guardiola, I think that's a little bit diff- different. I don't, I don't know what his best job would be in, in, in our Watford side. For me, then I think uh, <clears throat> I think you're right, and I think uh, Guardiola would do well to, to have a little word with Alman Abdi, because Abdi was a little word, smash his face in, get a bit higher up that that, <laughs> uh, that order of <laughs> will I get a game though? Okay, no, no, uh, in, in the sense that Abdi in the Championship was a central midfielder, ran the game from the middle of the park, take a step up to the Premier League, and maybe uh, his age and stuff, uh, you know, he's not Abdi's late twenties, whatever. Uh, he's he's almost reinvented himself as a wide midfielder. Who isn't a, a, a run down the wing, but he is covering the fullback, keep possession, keep it tidy. And I think Guadura, if he wants to be a central midfielder and get in ahead of Capu, get in ahead of Watson and, and Barami and Suarez, I think maybe he's going to have a better chance if he's covering Gerardo or, or Abdi on, 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 the, on the sides and, and, and adding to like a compact midfield rather than trying to be a, a game running midfielder. Because I think to Mike's point, he is neither a defensive midfielder out and out or uh, a number 10. 
means there's better players ahead of him and there's more established players ahead of him. I think he's just going to find it hard to, to nail down a place in this in this team. We're the Orns, you're the Orns. Come on, you Orns! The new boy, the other new boy that uh, started today, uh, was one Nordin, the second Nordin ever to play for Watford, uh, Amrabat. Who, um, to play for <laughs> yeah, yeah, yes. you, you can never judge a player on one game, um, but we're going to do that. Yeah, definitely. Absolutely. We're, no, we're going to put it out there, make or break his whole Watford career. Um, uh, what are you thinking about uh, what you saw today, Mike? I was, I like, and I was pleasantly surprised, I'll be perfectly honest, with his strength and just the way he battled for everything. It was tough out there today. Nottingham Forest didn't give, didn't give us anything set up very defensively. And he used he, low centre of gravity, shielding the ball, scrapping for everything. Some little t- little glimpses of what his how good his touch is and perhaps a, um, a few decent digs on goal. So, yeah, I was really, 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 really impressed. But the thing that, that shone out for me was his, like, his, like his work, work rate and, and his, um, his strength really, really pleased. Because alongside players like Dini and Igalo have also forged, you know, a real you know put the fear of God into opposition defenders by being strong powerful and if we've got another guy like that in there we know what we know how difficult that is to play against so to look at him you know I've only seen your clip and pics of him he looks fairly lightweight and fairly um uh, well, anyone looks lightweight compared to me, I suppose. But <laughs> and yeah, I was quite—I was pleasantly surprised with the way he put himself put himself around a bit. Sound like a bit of an English football fan saying, "No, oh, yeah, he got stuck in. He's going to be quality." But <laughs> I think we saw enough today to think that there's definite positive signs. I spoke in the in the last podcast about people not being excited about players that come in because we haven't seen them in action. Well, I think there's some certainly some green shoots there that that we can be be quite excited about and, and hope to nurture over the coming weeks. Uh, yeah, it, well, the thing is, you, you say that it, there is that sort of championship player within him of battling, I got, but there's also a lot more to it than he's not. That isn't only his card, where the great British footballer will be hard working and they'll put a, put a shift in, but he doesn't have any sort of skill to it. And, and you can definitely, I, I was, Jordan, I was getting that feeling of, uh, of uh, yeah, definitely Premier League quality and knows what he's doing. Yeah, I think we said in. Um in the previous podcast that when we do this transfer window we need players who can come in and hit the ground and, and come straight in and I think Amrabat he did, did he did I think, I think Amrabat did that uh, he came in he's um, to Mike's point he's obviously not going to be um, out strengthed or pushed about which is an important attribute when you come from abroad into the English game what I liked about him is that as a striker he was often hot in between the defender and the ball which means not only is he strong, but he's actually uh, can anticipate and get get into that position. So he's not challenging for the ball; he's getting the ball and holding you off because he got there first. Uh, and if, if he can do that around the middle of the pitch, hopefully he can do it in a six-yard box too. Uh, and I, I kind of think back to Igalo when I first saw him; he was a box of tricks. And I didn't think, oh, we've got a poacher extraordinaire here. I thought we've got a really skillful player. Uh, who and Igalo's shown that he's allied to his skills. He's got strength and he's got desire. He's got finishing power. And Amrabat so far has shown he's got the strength and he, he, he seemed to work hard. He wasn't petulant, he wasn't trying to show off on his debut. He worked for the team. So, yeah, I think it's a good, a good start for him, definitely. The issue I've got with him, he looks, he looks so much like Stephen Ireland. I just think he is <laughs> Stephen Ireland when he's playing. So, but he's a better player than him and hopefully got better taste in cars and houses and interior decor. <laughs> Check it out. If we're going to play him up front as a two, do you reckon he'll, from, you know, again, really making decisions over one 90 minute game of football is he going to be better do you think with Dini or with Igalo Geordie Oof, on the basis of the 90 minutes of watching him I think I think with Dini brings you into the game Igalo finishes off what you do 
And on 90 minutes, I, couldn't, I can't say whether Amrabat's a better creator or finisher. I think, I think what we've got is now another player who can play up front if needs must. And potentially we could throw all three of them on or have Amrabat a little bit further behind, but an attacking force. Do you know, I don't know, John. I don't know which one I would put him with if I had to. It's hard to take Dini out of the team because he is... Uh, you know, he, he stops at service stations and, and, <laughs> and, and appeals to the youths. Uh, and Nigalo is goals, and you know, you take goals out of team, you, you, you're mad. So, I think it's you know, it's a thing for kicking on the training ground to see if there is a way of is there a plan B, if ever one was needed. And, and really, we'd want him to be able to, to play alongside both of them, yeah. because if there's no point, get, you know, him saying, "Oh, it'd be great with Dini," and then Dini's injured, out of form, whatever, suspended, and we've got to stick him in against it with Nigalo, and we go, "Oh, they don't work together." I think the training ground is where you develop these partnerships and I think that's why Kiki's got to do his work I think he can, he can I think he'll be able to play up front but I think the exciting thing about him is he is a, a traditionally a winger and to have someone with with wide talent on the books is is only a good thing so yeah we were talking after 90 and a bit minutes of, of his Watford career but I think there's yeah there's certainly enough to be quite excited about I think that was a, that's a decent start and I'm looking forward to seeing more of him in yellow and black <laughs> A podcast by Watford fans for Watford fans. This is from the Rookery End. The transfer window is almost closed, and Watford had a, a signings come in, a couple go out, but there's one, there's one player who every Watford fan is dying for the club to announce. They're waiting for that special slightly dark but yellowy looking picture that the club always put out when it's officially signed and they are a Watford player that is on Mario Suarez um, as far as I can remember remind me we think he was in the country on Wednesday there's certainly been sightings haven't there yeah he's been around this week certainly and it was everyone's thinking oh it'll be announced before the weekend not necessarily announced enough for him to, to get here but then the the Watford fans on Twitter are definitely just dying for him to for us to find out that he is going to sign. Yeah, I think I think January. I mean, I did some research once for work, um, uh, asking people about their favourite month. It was it was relevant to work. It wasn't just uh, tri- <laughs> trivia, and and nobody chose January. So I think there is little excitement in January. It's post Christmas. Um, and the transfer window has probably been created because there's a, there's a there's that reason to kind of get people <laughs> excited and and, ha- and sell newspapers and, and and get people to watch Sky Sports News. Um, yeah, I think everyone's getting excited about him. It's it, it's a weird thing. I don't I, I don't know if everyone's getting excited and slightly panicky about not signing him because we had a Tuby in the bag, and then he ended up ended up in Bournemouth, and everyone's kind of panicking that Eddie Howe's going to be lurking around the Grove and stuff and and, and trying to steal Suarez away from us. Uh, I've, yeah, I found the whole kind of uh, Ferrari on social media a little bit strange, and people saying, "Oh, we're signing a player of this calibre." I, I, I don't know if our fans have turned into you know, international football freaks, and they know all these players that are coming in, they know all about them, or they're just watching clips on on social on YouTube and social media. But that's the sound we're at now. You know, that's the kind of player, pedigree of a player we need to be bringing in. It's, it's, this, this isn't a guy to get us out of the Championship. This is a guy to push us further in the Premiership. So. I'm a little bit more laid back about it because um, I've also got a lot of friends in Spain. I've asked them about him, and then with Amrabat, they said, "Yeah, you're getting a great player." With Suarez, it's been a little bit more of a mixed um, response. So hopefully, he, we do get him because um, Kike wants him, and obviously he has a role for him. Uh, and hopefully, the you know his strengths are what we need, and any weaknesses he's got, we can complement them. 
He's managed him before as well, hasn't he, Flores? So he knows him and he knows the player. He knows what he's getting, which I think is <coughs> just helpful with the transfer. The, the coach knowing exactly who he's getting. He knows his temperament. He knows his strengths and weaknesses and presumably knows exactly where he, he wants him to slot into the team. So that that's great. So that, from a signing point of view, is a, is a head start. The management knowing so much about the player. I think talking about Iturbe is, I kind of get it in some ways, but... Basically, Watford knocked him back. I don't think it was the other way around, was it? Watford, Watford yeah. passed on him instead of him being... He wasn't pinched from under our noses. And, you know, no disrespect to Bournemouth. But if he was a choice between us and them, I guess he's going to come to us, you know. So, uh, but, yeah. And, and the other thing is you just want these things done and dusted as supporters, don't you? You want to know where you are. But I reckon there's loads of people with Photoshop were getting saying, oh, we've got Suarez. They've got loads of Suarez-based jokes that they can wind their Liverpool mates up with. And, obviously, there's loads of Mario stuff as well. So, his name brings with it so much fun. <laughs> Um, but the good thing is, like you said, he, he should hopefully, especially if uh, Kike knows him so well, it is that sort of signing where we know they're going to go in straight away and be able to play uh, as, as a starting eleven. Um, it doesn't look like we're going to make... Well, the, the jungle drums tell us that we're not going to make any more signings. Does that worry you, Jordan? No, I think when we spoke about it at the start, we wanted a wide player. We wanted a little bit of strength in every position, really, because ever improving there. There are rumours around Sinclair for Liverpool, but... You know, if he would have come in, is he more of a, a project, as uh, Rafa Benitez would have said? Uh, you know, rather than a player to hit the ground running right away. Um, no, I mean, we got you know we got a goalkeeper, which arguably we didn't need desperately, but it's good to have, given our situation with Volauskas. Um Got another, we got Amrabat in. So yeah, I, th- I think I think we're okay. I think I guess there needs to be a plan, and January's hard to get the players you want. So maybe there's lots of work being done now to bring players in 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 the summer and move players on but there's, there's going to be less or fewer fewer players coming in just simply because the players we want aren't available and you know we're not in a situation where we have to panic we're not six points adrift you know the bottom three and thinking right we've got to roll the dice and hit a six and, and splash the cash on players who might make it might not because we you know we know how hard it is to get out the, the championship we're happy with the squad we've got we look, look to be doing okay and we look to be look that we will be safe touch wood so no, I'm happy with the squad. I don't see the need to... We had a lot of players coming in the summer. I don't see the need to really shake things up too much. Grade it uh, as windows go? Proof of pudding's in the eating, isn't it? We'll have to wait and see how these guys guys perform. We're sitting here on Saturday after the Forest game. Suarez hasn't even signed yet, let alone, let alone see him in a yellow yellow shirt. But I think Pantillimon, we discussed, decent backup for Gomez, going to push him. Gomez does get injured. We're going to be confident with him coming in. Amrabat looks good. Um, so yeah, I think Geordie's absolutely right. The January January transfer window is a bun fight if you're not careful. It looks like we've got quality players in in areas we needed them, so I can't fault them. I can't. So you know, without seeing Suarez, assuming he's like I said, he's the player we want. He's the player um, Flores knows and trusts. It's gonna it's gonna have been a decent window. He won't have spunked any money. Too much money. So, wasted it is what I mean yeah. wasted it um, in, a, in a blind panic so yeah a decent measured window and I think this is what we can expect to see a more focused um, transfer windows from now on um, but yeah some, some are always scaring me already because I think there will be people hovering around our players but let's not worry about that yet I think we've had a good January window yeah um, what I'm looking forward to is on Monday uh, as that clock is ticking down to 11 o'clock with uh, in Sky Sports News that they're not going to be having to come back to Watford constantly to find out if some deal has been finalised. Um, it doesn't feel like we're going to have to be any, any, maybe not rushed, but there's a couple of signings we did on that last day. You know, Guardiola was one um, that we signed, Ulari on that last day, and uh, Ibarbo on that last day. 
one of them didn't work out one of them hasn't really doing much um, and the other one is you know we know and we've talked about already in the podcast so it's not qu- it, it feels like maybe that almost like they've learned from that experience in the in the summer of the British transfer window when you're a Premier League side and they haven't they're not rushing they're going for the, what they want what they can get for the right money being wise we should mention what we didn't get which was Andros Townsend who was on our radar for a long time and the thing that enjoyed I enjoyed most about that Andros Townsend rumour was the idea of Gino negotiating with Daniel Levy in a, in a room somewhere because that would have been fun to watch I think he would, uh, Daniel Levy might have met his match there but so it'd be fascinating to see how Andres Townsend does it at Newcastle I think it would have been decent for us but not that sort of money and it just balls out what you just bears out what you were just saying John decent structured sensible dipping into the transfer market From the rookery end. We heard a clip on BBC uh, Nottingham as we, we drove out of the of the city from uh, Igalo and they asked him, who do you want in the fifth round? Uh, fifth round draw is coming out tomorrow, uh, Sunday evening. Um, you know, th- who would you want? Does, you know, does, does, does us, you know, being the last 16 of the, of the, of the cup, does, does getting a, a, a big boy, let's say, does that, does that worry you? Or do you, do you desperately want to get a Shrewsbury? Uh, getting, a, getting a big team doesn't worry me because we now play them every week. Uh, we play Premier League teams every week, so uh, it's not like it when you're in the, in, a, in the Championship and you get get drawn against Chelsea or Man City, as we tend to tend to, to have got in the last few years, where it's a big day out. Uh, it's not anymore for us. So I guess what I'd like is a home game um, because. You know, Nottingham is quite cold, and I, I don't want I don't, any more away games. And I don't know uh, if I if I if I were to, to to survive them. I think a home game, and and because then if and against whoever, um, because we know that we can match more than match anyone at home. Um, kind of, you're talking about Chelsea, the Chelsea game. It'd be great if we could win it, just because of the uh, the Arsenal, Man City, Spurs disappointments at home. We beat Liverpool, but it'd be nice if the if the team can actually get another big scalp. And if, and if we can get someone in the cup, you know, if it is a, a lower league team in the, at home, we take it seriously and we get through because suddenly you find yourself at the other side and it is Premier League teams playing each other inevitably because of the way the draw is going to work. So there'll be more of them getting knocked out and you might suddenly find yourself in, you know, minutes away from Wembley. So for the final, not for the semi-final. I mean, <laughs> obviously the semi-final as well. But if you can get into the final, kind of Operation Elton's Tears is still on track. <laughs> so, uh, so let's keep it that way. Wednesday, we go up against, well, I want to say one of the big boys. Former great. Former great, but now below us in the Premier League. Oh, they are the incumbent champions, aren't they? Yes. Um, So we have uh, Chelsea at home um, after we drew at their place um, uh, on Boxing Day. How... Where's your expectations at, knowing where they are? The fact that they've had a change of manager. Watford or Watford? Well, we we know where they are. What do you want? Yeah, what do you want from that game, Mike? To be perfectly honest, I'm just looking forward to the game as a as an event. It's a game, you know. Chelsea are having a shocking season, but they're still Chelsea. They're local rivals. Everyone wants to do one over, uh, over on them. It's a Wednesday night under lights. It's another one of these games that when you get promoted, that you, you look forward to. The fact it's on a weeknight is even better. So I'm just looking forward to that. You know, the, the air sort of crackles for these sort of games, and you can't. You can't buy that. You can't make that happen. They just do on, on big match nights. And this is a big match night. So from a sort of 
purely sort of fandom point of view, I'm just looking forward to being there. It's going to be naff as that may sound. It's just, it's it's going to be fantastic in terms of result. Do you know what? I'd take a draw. Score draw? draw? Yeah, yeah. Two all draw, I reckon. Another re- repeat of that. I think we were, we got a bit lucky up there because obviously they missed a penalty to 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 win the game. Um, so we had a bit of luck there. But yeah, but Watford are good enough to beat us. You know, they're not down there by accident anymore. There's how many? Fourteen. There's be thirteen games left after that one. It's not an accident. They haven't been playing well all season. So they've obviously got talented players all over the shop. But there's no reason that Watford can't can't beat them. Watford are back on back on two wins in a row again. Better confidence, uh, new 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 blood, new sort of competition for places. They'll be desperate to put on a show. They're on TV again, so no reason we can't. But in you know being really sort of cold-headed and unemotional about it, I'd, I'd take a draw just to keep our sort of just keep us ticking over. So this is a, 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 a another podcast in a week. Um, like I said, we'll, we'll do as many of these podcasts as we can. Um, uh, but uh, thank you very much for listening. Make sure you subscribe uh, via iTunes uh, or go to fromtherequin.com forward slash listen uh, so you can find out all the different apps and different ways that you can listen to uh, this little podcast. Uh, also get us on social media, Mike. Yep, at Watford Podcast on, on Twitter. Check us out on Instagram, which is Watford Podcast on there. And you never know, we might dabble in Snapchat. We haven't decided yet. <laughs> Let us know if you think we should do Snapchat or not. It's visual aid, obviously, and we're not very pretty to look at, so uh, we won't be offended if you say no. But yeah, stay in touch. Good to hear from you. Um, keep the faith. We're on the March Kickers Army. We're all going to Wembley. <laughs> Thanks for listening. Uh, yeah, I've been John uh, with his mic. Yep, that's me. Uh, and Jordy. Good night. Uh, and we're back soon. A podcast made by Watford fans, fans for Watford fans from the rookery end.